I've had some conversations over the last couple of weeks, probably longer than that, but maybe, maybe two in the last couple of weeks that have just led me to think, um, am I crazy to call for and expect any of us with the busy lives that we lead? Most, most of you in here, I think, would say, yeah, my life is busy. My life is full. Am I crazy to call for, expect any of us who live those kinds of crazy, busy lives to live on mission with Jesus? You know that I call for it. Some of you tell me way too much. And certainly we're all busy. It's sad how busy some of you are. Just seems like crazy here, there, and everywhere. And missional living can get squeezed out of that. So maybe I'm crazy to think it's even possible. That's what I've been pondering. Is it possible for men and women like you and me who live in a place like Katy, as fast-paced as it is, is it even possible for us to live on mission with Jesus where we live, work, and play? To identify the people far from God in our lives and and intend to bless them. To begin with prayer and to listen with care and to eat with them and to serve them and then share our story and the story with them. Is it even possible? And you may be saying, Mitch, I'm glad you're thinking about that. Get off my back. But I still believe that if you're a Christian then the call to live on mission with Jesus resonates in your soul. Even if it's just the aspiration of your soul and it's not being lived out in the activities of your life, I think it's still down deep. And if you could somehow see it become a reality in your life, you would just be thrilled. But you're just so busy. you got so much going on, it's just impossible. I think there may be something in this passage this morning that may be a secret. I'm not going to call it the secret. I'm not that confident about it. But maybe a secret that will help all of us who say, yeah, it's just, it's, it's impossible. Would love it. Aspire to it. But just can't be. In Acts chapter 16, verse 6, this is the new section of the book, we have seen the gospel now go to Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, and in this next section of the book, the gospel is going to go even further into and around the Aegean Sea. They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, They were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. My one point this morning is going to be this, that the Lord course corrects His children on the move. 
the Lord course corrects his children on the move. And so my first big idea might be this. Be on the move for Jesus. Plan and pursue ministry. The Apostle Paul is certainly on the move. And when I say that, he is planning it and he's pursuing it. We saw last week, back up in chapter 15, verse 36, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. I think maybe for our purposes this morning, key word is let us. Let's. There he is planning. They'd gone on that first missionary journey. They came back and sometime later, hey, hey Barnabas, let's go back. Of course, they had their sharp disagreement that we looked at last week and God multiplied their ministry. Barnabas took John Mark, went back to the island of Cyprus. Paul is going to take Silas and they're going to head back and begin to revisit these cities. And so there is Paul planning, thinking, how do I want to live? What do I want to do to help others follow Jesus? And if we skip just a, a little bit, after they had passed through Phrygian and Galatian region, that's after they had passed through those churches and visited them, Apparently, Paul had even greater plans. He wants to go past those cities that they had planted on the first journey, Derby and Lystra and Iconium and Pisidia Antioch, and now go even further west into Asia. He has set his sights. He has planned what was next, and he was pursuing it. Planning is a good thing. You all know I love John Piper, and I love this quote. We waste our lives when we do not pray and think and dream and plan and work toward magnifying God in all spheres of life. We waste our lives when we do not pray and think and dream and plan and work toward magnifying God in all spheres of life. You might put it in this context. We waste our lives when we do not pray and think and dream and plan and work towards helping other people follow Jesus. One of the more famous passages in the New Testament on planning is in James chapter 4. Where James, he's the Lord's little brother, he says, Come now, you who say. It's like he grabs us by the lapels. Come now, you who say. Today or tomorrow we shall go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are but a vapor that is here today and gone tomorrow. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will also live and do this or that. Now, take note, James is not against planning. He's just about presumptuous planning that we're, we'll see in just a minute. God can always change our plans. But you'll notice he said, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. So James is all for planning, just not presumptuous planning. 
He's all for thinking about what do I want to do next. And so might I just encourage all of us, because here's, it's not the main point, but it's a main point I want to make this morning. Planning may be, may well be, the antidote to yours and my busy, mission-free life. Our failure to put it on the calendar. Our failure to think, who are the lost people in my life that God may be calling me to minister to? Okay, then what's my plan? I've got a good friend here in town. He's a pastor. And just recently, he, he came into my office. He said, Mitch, I've got to tell you a story. He said, we've been living in our home here in Katy for over 20 years. And our neighbors next door have been living in that home for almost the same amount of time. And they have never been in our home. And guess what we did? We decided on a couple of nights that worked for us. And I shot him a text and said, hey, it's been 20 years. And we've never had you all over. We've got these two nights open. Could y'all let us know a night y'all could come over for coffee and dessert? The guy texted him back, man, that's awesome. We'll take this night. The family came over. They don't know Jesus. And he said, we had the best time. This man is busy. His wife is busy. They don't have time for that. But they decided to plan it. They decided to say, here's what we're going to do. Let's pick a night, let's mark it out, and let's see what God wants to do with it. When's the last time you said let's? When's the last time you said, hey, babe, let's? Or, hey, God, let's. I like it there in verse um, 7 as well. After they'd come to Mysia, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit him. At least they were trying, right? They planned, and for the first part of that mission, all was good. And then they planned to go further, and the Lord said, no, we're about to get there. But, so they turned here, and they, they're on the go. They're planning, they're pursuing, saying let's, they're trying. I like that. But as you and I plan, as we get on the move, let's know that the Lord is in control and may change our plans, huh? The Lord course corrects his children on the move. They pass through the Phrygian and Galatian region having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. They wanted to go further west, and, and the Lord said no. After that, they came to Mysia, and they were trying to go into Bithynia. That was to the north, and, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. 
planned to go west. And the Lord, of course, corrected. He planned to go north. The Lord, of course, corrected. The Lord knows all of the factors, doesn't he? How different is creature from creator? How different is finite from the infinite? Forgive me, but how different is ignorant from the omniscient? God knew what he was up to in Paul's life, in Silas's life. You remember from last week, they had then picked up Timothy. God knew what he was up to in their lives. And they wanted to go to Asia, but, but God knew what he was up to in their lives, and for whatever God's reasons were, no. And so they're going to turn, and they're going to go over here. But God knows what's going on in Bithynia. Paul doesn't know, Silas doesn't know, Timothy doesn't know what God's doing in their hearts, what God's doing in their hearts, what God's doing in their hearts. They have no idea. They're creatures, he's the creator. They're finite, he's infinite. They're ignorant, he's omniscient. His knowledge is incalculable. And so, as Proverbs 16.9 says, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. We make our plans, but we hold them loosely because we know the Lord is doing some different things. So I would say to you and me, let's plan. Let's be on the move, planning and pursuing Ministry, planning and pursuing, living on mission with Jesus, and yet always knowing that whatever plans we may have, Jesus may change them. Whatever hopes we may have, the Lord may change them. This week, I was out in California had a neat opportunity to teach my Clarifying the Bible curriculum to 60 small group leaders at a church out there. Had a great time teaching on Wednesday night. And then, trying to take advantage of being out there, I asked if, if one of the guys, they big church, big staff, if one of their guys there on their media team would help me with, with a, a new thing I've been wanting to do for quite some time. Would he, would he film me teaching clarifying the Apostle Paul? So I've done clarifying the Bible, which is an overview of the whole Bible. I want to do clarifying the Apostle Paul. So an overview of Paul or the book of Acts and Paul's letters. And one of the guys out there said, sure, great. We'd love to do it. And so Thursday, sat down, and it was just me and a camera. And we started, and I taught to a camera, which I've never done, for an hour and 45 minutes. And it was going great. And I was feeling good about it. And when it got done, I thought, you know, there's a couple things I'd like to change. But for a first shot at it, that'll be awesome. And so we start breaking everything down. And he says, hey, you can go ahead and take that microphone off. Well, I went to take the microphone off. And lo and behold, the microphone had fallen down my shirt. And we didn't know when it had fallen. 
And he goes, man, I wonder if it fell off when you stood up and we started to mess. I said, man, I don't know. He said, I don't know either. And so he said, man, I'll, I'll go hook up my camera and see. And so he texted me like 20 minutes later and he said, bro, you talked for an hour and 45 minutes and an hour into it is when it fell off. And so that hour and 45 minutes and all the plans and hopes and dreams I had for that thing, the Lord has turned it and he's going in a different direction. I'm so thankful that in that moment, there was a trust. And maybe it was because I had been thinking about this passage. Trust that the Lord has something, some reason, he wanted that to happen. Maybe he wanted me to just have a run-through of it. To do it before I actually do it. Maybe he wanted to put me to the test to see how I'm doing on the whole patience side of things. Maybe God had something going on in that young man's life who had to sit there through the whole thing. Paul, just me and him. Who knows? Maybe he's got a hundred reasons. Maybe he's got a thousand reasons that I would never even think of for why this plan got changed to some other plan, and I'm not even sure what it is. Because that's the third thing. If and when he does course correct us, Trust that he's got better stuff in the works. How might Paul have been expected to respond? He's got his plans. He wants to go west into Asia, probably all the way to Ephesus. Ephesus was in a magnificent city, influential, and Paul wants to go there. And God says, nope. All right, then, I want to go into Bithynia up north and take the gospel further up into Asia or up into, into Bithynia and from there probably elsewhere. And the Lord says, nope. Maybe anger, frustration. Lord, what, what gives? All I want to do is go to Ephesus and preach the gospel. And yet, you're changed in the path. Anger, frustration, bitterness, regret, maybe sadness. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. He hoped, he planned to go to Ephesus. And yet, nope. Your hopes and dreams... Your plans are dashed on the rocks of God's mysterious will. One way to respond is like that. Anger, frustration, bitterness. Lord, if I was in your place, things would be a whole lot different. Or trust. Verse 9, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia. I should have put up my map and I'm sorry I didn't. A man from Macedonia was standing and appealing to him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. That's even further west than Ephesus. It's across the Aegean Sea. And guess what? 
A church was planted in Philippi. A church was planted in Thessalonica. A church was planted in Berea. A church was planted in Athens. A church was planted in Corinth. Maybe Paul had that on his plans, but probably way down the road. Probably it appears what Paul had on the forefront of his plans was Asia Minor. Take the gospel to Ephesus, go up into Bithynia and Mysia and the like, and, and the Lord says, no, no. Oh. Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, Athens, Corinth. Lord, that's incredible. I mean, I, down the road I had those kind of plans, but and you opened up doors now that I never dreamed of. And you think, well, what about Ephesus? If you know the story, four or five years later, Paul's going to end up in Ephesus, and he'll be there for two to three years. And the ministry in Ephesus is off the charts fruitful. Luke tells us in the book of Acts that while he's there for that two to three year period, quote, all of Asia heard the word of the Lord. And we just have to wonder, maybe God knew something about what he wanted to do four or five years from now, that right now, even though Paul wanted to go now, God says, no, I know what I'm doing there. You don't know what I'm doing there, but I know what I'm doing there. And so, no, I want you to turn. And then Paul wants to go into Bithynia. And the Lord says, no. Later on, the apostle Peter is going to write a letter. We call it 1 Peter. Peter, an apostle of Christ Jesus. To those who reside as aliens, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. The gospel got there. Some of us think it was during Paul's two to three year stay in Ephesus where he was training up leaders and sending out church planters in which all of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Maybe also some of those guys went to Bithynia and started planting churches as well. God knows what he's up to. Got another fun example from from California. I had forgotten about this story, and while I was there, a friend reminded me of it. Um, a friend there is Jim Franklin, very successful businessman. He, during Hurricane Harvey, he's the one who sent us the 45 dehumidifiers. He's the one who helped us um, to rent the mission house that we had for a while. Um, he came down during Harvey and spent some time with the church in Houston, came out, spent some time few days with us as well on his return trip back to Irvine he just made a terrible it's not that big a deal but it was a terrible mistake he want, he he meant to fly out of hobby into Orange County John Wayne Airport as maybe some of you have done before he he accidentally booked the flight out of Bush into LA and so it threw all of his plans into a tizzy. The guy who was with him had to drive him out to Bush and drop him off and then drive over to Hobby to jump on his plane going out of Hobby. Flying into L.A. is a whole lot worse from him, for him than flying into John Wayne. 
But so it was. And so the buddy drove him out there, dropped him off at Bush. He's going in, gets into the security line. He's going through. He's almost through security line. And lo and behold, he has a rumbling in his tummy. And not because he was hungry. He's got to go. And some of y'all have been there before too. He's got to go. And so he's able to get through security. He goes straight into the restroom, and he does what he had to do. And in so doing, he missed the flight. Missed the flight. So the story's getting worse, right? So he sits there for two hours waiting for the next flight out of Bush to L.A. They finally get people up, and they're, they're boarding the plane. And as they're boarding, tap on the shoulder. Right there behind him is an extended family member who used to work with him, but they had to part their ways about two years earlier, and they had not talked since then. And lo and behold, things work out as they get to sit down on the plane, that they get to sit next to each other for the three-hour plane ride home. And Jim will tell you, he said, listen, the relationship is not mended. But that three-hour plane ride went a long way in restoring our relationship. How providential is that? How crazy is that? Wrong airport? Heading in, you know, he could have booked a bush going into Orange County. And been on a completely different, but he, he booked Bush going into the wrong airport. And then gets that thing, misses a flight, has to wait, and boom. Now, had that been me, I'd have been so frustrated. I'd have been so mad. Unwilling to trust that God was up to something, even in the midst of things I don't understand. But he is. Let's plan. Let's be on the move for Jesus. He's, he may well redirect. Course correct. Good for him. And good for us. And we might not ever see it in this life. But maybe in the next. Jim Elliot, the will of God is always bigger than we bargain for. But we must believe that whatever it involves, it is good, acceptable, and perfect. One of the guys in my community group last week, the guys got together and we're just talking about some hard things that are going on in each of our lives. And, and he just reminded us of the story of the, of, of the tapestry, of how God is, is weaving a tapestry in our lives that if you looked on the backside of it, you would just see a bunch of strings going here, there, and everywhere, and it would make no sense until it's turned over. And you go, course my life is but a weaving between my lord and me i cannot choose the colors he worketh steadily oft times he weaveth sorrow and i in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and i the underside not till the loom is silent and the shuttles shuttles cease to fly Shall God unroll the canvas and explain the reason why?
The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hands as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. Maybe had we met Paul along the way, maybe he would have said, I don't know what God's doing. I mean, I don't know what he's doing. We had great plans to go here. We had great plans. Boom. Come over here and help us. And a door that Paul wasn't even probably thinking about at the time. Bursts open. Get on the move. Plan and pursue. Say let's. Get moving and trust the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, indeed, maybe the best anecdote for our busy lives is to make it even more busy. If indeed we want to be a blessing to our friends who don't know Jesus, we may need to make it even more busy by adding something else to the schedule. Mission. Seemingly, Lord, maybe that's the only way it's going to get done in our busy lives. We are so distracted and so busy and so running that if we don't plan it, if we don't say let's and put it on the calendar and set it up, it's liable not to just happen. But then, Lord, as we do, help us to be a, um, a humble people who realize that you course correct in your great wisdom. According to your great purposes, you may change our plans in ways we don't understand initially, but we'll trust that our great God is in control of all things, working out his perfect will. Lord, we're thankful that someone along the way prayed for us and shared the good news of the gospel with us. That God loved us, that we were sinners, and that our sin had separated us from God, and we were incapable of doing anything ourselves to fix it. And yet God in his love sent his son Jesus to save us live for us a holy life we couldn't live, to die upon the cross to pay the penalty for what we had done, to rise from the dead victorious with his arms open wide to any and to all who will come to him in trust and faith. Lord, if there's any here this morning who've never put their trust in Jesus Christ and known his forgiveness and his new life that he gives, maybe today would be their day. Draw them to yourself. Help them to see the beauty and the glory of Jesus Christ. We'll pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.